Welcome, my friends, to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in Warren County, New Jersey. And I want to thank you so much for getting with me today on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. And we get together here. As you know, we meet right in the farm shop every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then we have an encore presentation or a re-air of the same show Sunday at 6 p.m. So it's a different time slot. But if you end up missing it, you could always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com and click on the tab FMD Radio. And one week after it airs on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147, it will air as a podcast. Or if you don't want to go to my website for some reason, you could go to every major podcasting hosting site that I am aware of, and it will be there and you could download it and listen to it. So I want to thank you for doing that. Now, I got to announce that we have two winners this week for Hot Rod Farmer License Plates, and they are Mr. Gary Rankin from Gardner, Kansas, and Mr. Tim Hunt from Newark, Ohio. And what they basically did is they reached out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com, and they told me where they listen from. And then I put a pin in my map in my office, and I say, okay, I got in this particular instance, I got a listener in Gardner, Kansas, and Newark or Newark, Ohio. And then I could tailor my content because I want to get a feel for you guys because this is like I'm, uh, I don't want it to be a monologue where I just talk to you. I want you to talk to me. I want to learn about your farm, learn about your, your equipment, learn about your toys, learn about your animals, your family, whatever. But I could tailor my content better so I know, okay, this guy's dairy farming, this guy's got a cattle operation, this guy's got a hog house. So I, this way I could bring better content to you. And, and my way of thanking you for that is to put you into the contest to win the Hot Rod Farmer license plate. So please just reach out to me and let me know where you listen from and we can get that going and I could get that hot rod fly farmer license plate to you hopefully if you win so gentlemen so Mr. Hunt and Mr. Rankin please reach out to me and let me know where you want me to send that and on today's show right I'm going to talk a little bit about the nitrous mustang we used to run nitrous oxide right there's, there's a couple of different ways you can make additional power in engine and they're called power adders so it could be either a turbocharger a supercharger or nitrous oxide and what that basically does is fill the cylinder more with air I would oxygen actually because air is, is oxygen and other components but what we're going to do is we're going to use that as a segue into an EGR system so our little Mustang that we used to run our little 355 Ford which is an oddball combination for a Ford engine a 3.48 stroke and a 4030 bore is going to be a segue into understanding EGR and why you may want to look to buy a piece of farm equipment or a semi that uses SCR only and never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. It's more than fuel. It's more than truck payment. It's more than maintenance. It's about the business of trucking. We're talking a little bit about stock prices. Then we switch into uh, tech talk. Highway reconstruction, infrastructure. The economy, regulation, business, and more. We tend to switch topics a lot. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Covering the entire trucking industry. Do be advised. Sirius XM Channel 146. The Sirius XM app and connected devices and speakers. 
Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. Last year I had the privilege, along with my family, to pay tribute to our father, and certainly one of the greatest American heroes of all time, by opening John Wayne and American Experience in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Visitors love it. There's so much to see from memorabilia stemming from a lifelong movie career to our family car my dad brought home when I was just a boy. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in the Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into the Duke's life that's only available here. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Well, when the railroad pays off, you can take 20,000 out of the kitty for me. Well, I guess you'll have to excuse me, ladies. Son, since you haven't learned to respect your elders, it's time you learn to respect your betters. Oh. Oh. Tickets are available on johnway.com or they can be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. Stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with American Ag Today every weekday morning on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and I want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news, market information, ag technology, innovation, weather, and more on American Ag Today. That's every weekday at 6.52 Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. You know, right before the break, I said we're not going to talk anything more about nitrous, right? But uh, I can't help myself. I'm the hot rod farmer, and it is a good segue into EGR and the lack of EG and the uh, and then and the trend to getting away from EGR, which I'm going to explain very shortly. But uh, I'm getting back to our Mustang we ran. So that had it had Yates cylinder heads, it had a uh, Jessel uh, Jessel valve train, Jessel belt drive. It was a sweet piece. It was a nice piece, and uh, it it was only three hundred fifty five cubic inches that it made. So, on if you're running nitrous, then you have two power ratings of the engine. You have on motor, which means that no no nitrous whatsoever. Nitrous is shut off. Then you have it on spray or on juice. So the thing made about I think we made like seven just under 750 on uh on motor and then with the spray it was the spray the sky was the limit as far as the spray is concerned as long as you put as, as long as the block and the crank and the rotating assembly can hold it and you have it was fuel injected so you have enough injectors to supply fuel if it was carburetor you have the carburetors correct set correctly to provide the fuel to match that oxygen is the sky is the limit so so the rule of thumb was that it made about 750 on motor and about 750 on juice. So it was around 1500 horsepower piece altogether. And that you know that's in essence a common usually on a drag race engine usually close to doubling or doubling the horsepower on spray. And then if it was like a little street strip car you'd maybe put 150 horsepower shot 200 250 whatever. So they call it a shot. All right. So the thing basically is is that the when you when you're running nitrous in an engine is that you have to recognize that it's going to it's going to alter the combustion dynamics in that cylinder so your ignition timing your fuel delivery the timing of your fuel delivery all has to change once you hit that button and arm that nitrous system and turn that on 
So it's it's so it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of combustion event. There's one combustion event when you have the nitrous off, and there's another combustion event when the juice is flowing into the cylinders. Right. So the important thing, and why I'm bringing that up, is that whenever you introduce a a I'm going to say foreign component i'll use those words into the combustion event it's going to change things i'm not going to say it's changing it for the better or for the worse but it's going to change things just like growing soybeans versus growing corn changes your nutrient program changes your your uh your crop protection program so there's a lot of things that change even though you're going with the planter and still putting the seed in the ground and the seed comes up the same way right but it changes things so what happens is that whenever you introduce something into the combustion event into the cylinder that it's going to change that whole dynamics now what what has been going on for a number of years and specifically with diesel engines but actually started with gas engines back in 1973 was to introduce EGR, which stands for exhaust gas recirculation. And what what the theory was, or what is what was found, I should say, because it's not a theory, it's actual, is that if you introduce exhaust gas, which is inert, inert meaning it cannot burn, it takes the place of combustible mixture. So if you were to look at, let's say, a jug of Roundup or a jug of Liberty or any type of crop protection, using that as an example, all right, is that you're going to have the you're going to have the active ingredients then you can have other things that are a carrier the carrier may be water so if you're loading your sprayer you may put uh one quart per acre of product x in the sprayer and then you may have 15 gallons or 10 gallons of water per acre so the water is a carrier and and in the crop protection or the fertility whatever you may the fungicide is mixing in with that well inside a cylinder it's not truly a carrier but what you're doing is by putting egr into the cylinder what was found is that you're taking the place of a combustible mixture and you say well why would they want to do that for why do you want to take a place of a combustible mixture and it all is based upon an emission called oxides of nitrogen now remember I was saying in the beginning, we had a Mustang a juice motors on the spray, on the bottle, right? And that was, that was nitrous oxide. It's not oxides of nitrogen. So that's why I wanted to use that as a segue into this show today, is that there's an emission called oxides of nitrogen, and it is responsible for photochemical smog. And it is produced through pressure, heat, and resident time or exposure time in the cylinder so when you have pressure or you have heat of combustion and you have the flame a slow flame speed which a diesel engine has is that you're going to have produce oxides of nitrogen and oxides of nitrogen are created during combustion but they really ramp up so just like rapid growth stage in corn they really ramp up when the flame the leading edge flame front temperature is of 2500 degrees or higher so now don't get this confused with exhaust gas temperature if you have an egt a pyrometer in your diesel engine so this is talking about in cylinder the flame as does the flame expands across the bore so what was found was that if you put egr which is which is hot already right it's exhaust it's hot 
reactor, right? But it's nowhere near 2,500 degrees. It's acting as a filler, as a, a like you would say, a carrier. And it's taking the place of combustible mixture. And if it's taking the place of combustible mixture, then the flame is going to stay, when combustion does take place, it's going to stay below that 2,500 degree mark where the, where the oxides of nitrogen really starts to spike okay so and that's the same thing with gasoline or with diesel engines but diesel engines were really a target for oxides of nitrogen production because the equation which is called the zeldovich equation that that identifies how oxides of nitrogen is produced is pressure right heat so you have the pressure of combustion not compression pressure pressure of combustion of the flame expanding and pushing against the piston and you have pressure you have heat the heat of combustion right and then you have exposure time which is resident time and the way i like to teach this and and i've said this before on the show is that think of a turtle crossing a road or a rabbit crossing a road if you go across a road quicker then you have less likelihood of being run over or if you have a if you have a match and you put your finger right through the flame very quickly you don't feel it if you put your finger through the through the flame very slowly you get burnt so that's exposure time or resident time so the a diesel engine has a very slow flame speed the propagation the way the flame travels across the board is very slow so it creates a lot of oxides of nitrogen compared to a gasoline engine which has the same dynamics but has a quicker burn rate all right so now that we've established that so the government set a standard many years ago for oxides of nitrogen and that's what brought out these tier four diesel engines along with some other emissions carbon monoxide hydrocarbons what have you so we have EGR, which is exhaust gas recirculation. You're putting exhaust gas into the cylinder. Even though it's hot, it's a hard dynamic to understand. It would be just like saying, you know, to a lay person, you'd say, well, you got to plow the ground, right? But we no-till today, or I no-till, not everybody does. Say, well, how are, you, how are you getting the seed in the ground if you're not plowing it? Because grandpa used to plow, right, and disc and make nice fluffy soil. But we get the seed in the ground with a coulter and with a, double, with a disc opener and just make that little slot to put the seed seed in the ground we don't need to tear up all the ground and impact that soil all right so the same thing is happening with a engine so so the one thought process many years ago and up up up, i mean still today 2022 for the most part with some engines is to put exhaust gas in and decrease the the oxides of nitrogen production so that is called in cylinder treatment right makes sense because it's happening in the cylinder right then you have what is called after treatment and after treatment is something like a scr system which uses diesel exhaust fluid which is urea and deionized water and it's an what they call an automotive grade urea and it's a 32 and a half percent urea and it's automotive grade which is a purer urea than we would use for fertility but it's the same basic chemical composition it's just purer and uh, that interacts with the exhaust gas and there is a selective catalytic reduction scr system and that has a has a, a precious metals in there and a chemical reaction takes place and that decreases 
the ox or, or reduces the oxides of nitrogen emissions all right so that's what they call after treatment so we have in cylinder which is EGR and then we have after treatment so after treatment is anything that you find in the exhaust system whether it's a diesel oxidation catalyst a particulate filter or an SCR system now interestingly enough is that there were two schools of thought and the, the, the agronomic example I would make to is you have two farmers right one on one side of Cat Swamp Road and, and, and me on the other side of Cat Swamp Road and this is a metaphor because there is nobody on the other side of Cat Swamp Road it's our land but anyway, so farm, so the farmer on one side of Cat Swamp Road, he believes in in in, in mold board plowing and disking and and then planting his corn. The guy on the other side of Cat Swamp Road believes in doing no-till, and he goes with his planter and he no-tills in. So there's two different schools of thought, right? But the whole idea is you come back 30 days later or whatever it may be and well, hopefully less than 30 days, right? You have knee-high corn. So you have knee-high corn on both sides of Cat Swamp Road. One guy got there with mold board plowing and disking. <clears throat> the other guy got there and has knee-high corn with no-till and not disturbing the soil and just going in there with a, a with a, with a coulter and a, and a disc opener. I have a double disc opener on my planter. All right. So to a person riding by, they say, well, there's corn on both sides of the road. They don't understand. They don't see any difference or they don't recognize any difference. Well, the federal government does the same thing. They say, this is the this is what we want you to meet the emission standard. And we cannot care less how you get there as long as this is what's coming out of the tailpipe. So just like, you know, my customers and my sweet corn, they don't care how I grow it as long as they have a nice ear of sweet corn and they like the taste. All right, so follows, just stick with me with that. So now what has happened is that EGR systems, just like just like nitrous oxide, which is juice, right, in my drag motor, juice, or a lot of tractor puller guys use juice. They use spray on the, on the engines along with everything else to make that three, 4,000 horsepower. So, so if you look at that, when you're putting nitrous oxide into an engine, I said it changes the combustion event. Well, when you put anything in cylinder, you put exhaust gas into any engine, gasoline or diesel, you are totally altering the flame speed and the combustion characteristics of that engine. And the engine doesn't like it. The engine likes nitrous oxide because that's oxygen. It doesn't like inert exhaust gas. And if that inert exhaust gas, that EGR, is not mixed properly in the cylinder, because it's just like, hey, you know, you go through, you set your planter well, right? But you still got to look at to see if you're having the population that you want. But the dynamics in an engine, every, t- every event that that piston goes up and down, things are slightly different. So just like you're going through your field and you're looking and say you have variability in your soil through the field, well, you have variability in every combustion event in an engine. The, the whole goal is not to have that variability, all right? So the thing is that what happens is that you inherently are messing things up once you put EGR in. And, and there, was a, there was a number of, the, the company that really pushed this was Navistar with their max force engines in their semis. And they said they, they what they were going to do was extreme EGR and they were not going to use any 
any diesel exhaust fluids, selective catalytic reduction. Did the government care? No, they didn't care because all they wanted was what was coming out of the exhaust was to be clean. Just like the, the person doesn't care whether I no-tilled my corn or conventional conventional farm my corn tilled. They just want to know that they have good corn. And the government just wants to know what is happening with the exhaust content. That is it. But if you're looking, as I said in the opening segment, if you're looking to buy a piece of equipment, and I'm not saying that you buy a piece of equipment or make a purchase solely on the emission strategy that that engine has, but I think it's something that you have to recognize. An EGR system, I'm not going to say is problematic, but it's a prima donna. It's very, very maintenance sensitive. And if you're going to look at some engines, either in semis or farm equipment one of the boxes you need to check is to recognize how they're controlling oxides of nitrogen now the salesman's not going to tell you that what he's going to tell you is that this system has egr or this engine he probably won't even know that egr or scr or some of them have egr and scr but interestingly enough there is a number of farm equipment engines out there that are running SCR only. And now the company that started all of this with semis, Navistar, is coming out with a new engine, which is called the S is in Sam S13. And they're doing away that the company who tried to jam EGR down everybody's throat, thought it was the best way to do stuff, is now doing away with EGR and using a diesel ox and and selective catalytic reduction excuse me using a high dose rate of diesel exhaust fluid so now a lot lot of people complain they say well i don't want to put that diesel exhaust fluid in well let me tell you something from an engine guy from a combustion guy from a calibration engineer i if i was to make a purchase decision like i said i would not be afraid of a piece of farm equipment or a semi with an egr specifically if you're buying it new or if it has very low hours or very low miles but the thing is that from a from a calibration side from an engineering side if you could have an engine that only uses scr and doesn't have egr you're going to be a lot happier camper and an engine is going to be a happier camper because once you start to put that egr in everything it's going to carbon things up it's got a lot of babysitting there's an egr cooler there's a separate cooling system it builds carbon in this in, in everything so it's very very maintenance prone so the take-home message here before we go to a break is that when you're looking to buy a new piece of equipment a new truck or a piece of farm equipment is that you need to not be naive to the type of emission control system it is employing is it using an in-cylinder and after treatment is it using them both or is it using only an after treatment or is it only using an in-cylinder i'm not saying that that would skew your decision but you need to know that egr systems are they do what they're supposed to do but they're very 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 high in maintenance and if you buy a used piece of equipment and the person wasn't good with advertising the fuel or they did a lot of idling and what have you that egr system is going to be problematic early on in the life cycle of you owning that vehicle (music) 
Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me as we cover the nation's food system, from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. September is National Chicken Month, and we want to say a big thank you to the chicken and egg producers all across the country. Help us celebrate our poultry community by sending us pictures or videos of your chickens to video at rfdtv.com, and then watch all month long on Market Day Report and Rural Evening News. Right here on RFDTV, Rural America's most important network. On Rural Radio, Channel 147. The undisputed leader in Western sports is Rural Radio. This Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, catch the Jim State Stampede from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, it's the Ellensburg Rodeo from Ellensburg, Washington. Bulls, barrels, and broncs, all found on Rural Radio. Tune in this week to Rural Radio, Channel 147, and listen anytime on the SXM app. This is Justin Mills, rancher and host of the Working Ranch Radio Show, inviting you to join us on Saturdays at noon Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll go in-depth on topics that are relevant to the sustainability of our beef industry. So join us on Saturdays at noon Eastern for the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm Abby Bender from Evansville, Indiana, and I listen to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And if you have any questions about EGR or SCR, we just touched on it a little bit, then please reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at Farm Machinery Digest, and I will be more than happy to open up a dialogue with you. But now I need you to to come and meet me in the farm shop. So grab a chair, sit down, and we're going to have Tex Rubinowitz. And he's when you hear Tex Rubinowitz singing, you know it's time for meet me in the farm shop. Come on, Tex. He's from Ripsaw Records. He's a hot rod man. He's running juice on that guitar. Yeah, all righty, Tex. Thank you so much. You can put that spray on there to get that little mama. I got to talk to Tex. Say, how much spray you putting in that guitar? We put 750 shot on our Mustang. All right, so we'll meet me in the farm shop. You ready? So, you know, all of us know somebody who always rides around with like an eighth of a tank of fuel in their car or their, tr- their pickup truck or what have you. And, uh, and maybe you're that person, so I got to watch what I'm saying here. But this episode of Meet Me in a Farm Shop is hopefully going to cure that problem. So there is not a vehicle that was made over the past 25 years that I am aware of that does not have an in-tank fuel pump. It's usually found attached to the sending unit for the gas gauge. What many do not realize is that the electric fuel pump is designed to use the fuel as a coolant. For this reason, it is important to keep the fuel tank above one quarter full or more. If the fuel volume is much below that, the pump will run hotter and suffer a substantially decreased service life. This does not mean that the tank always needs to be full or that you could never run it down below one quarter, 
but those that are always running around near empty will be replacing the fuel pump unnecessarily. So keep that in mind. Is that gasoline or diesel, if you have an electric in-tank fuel pump, that it is designed to be bathed in fuel as a coolant. And if you do not do that over time, not one time, over time, what will happen is that the pump will run hotter and the pump will age at a higher rate. And usually when a pump starts to age, electric fuel pump starts to age, the first thing that happens is you may hear the sound change, but you may not depending upon the application, but the volume and the pressure will start to ramp down. It'll sneak up on you like gray hair and then eventually it will die. But the first telltale sign is that the volume and the pressure will ramp down. But if you keep that tank full, then you will have no problems whatsoever. So I want to thank you so much for listening, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. This is Matt Breckwald, farmer and former police officer with a rural crime prevention tip just for you. Did you know that cattle rustling is alive and well still today? Wouldn't it be great if there was some technology that could alert you to a theft of your livestock while it was happening? GPS-enabled ear tags have been developed that communicate directly with satellites, meaning that as a livestock owner, you don't need any extra infrastructure to monitor the whereabouts of your cattle. The technology has some amazing capabilities. If the activity level of your cattle becomes abnormal, for example, as somebody is trying to round them up and steal and transport them, you will receive an alert on your phone. This can allow you to call local authorities immediately to catch the thieves. Even if the increased activity level is not the result of a theft, you would still receive a notification. This could mean that there are predators present, a fence is down, a wildfire is pushing them, or any other reason has them excited. So no matter what the cause, they need your immediate attention right now, and you know right away. The new tags that have been developed are permanent and require special tools to remove, so rustlers cannot just clip them off quickly once they get the cattle rounded up. It will take too much time to clip off each ear tag before leaving with the cattle, so the thief has to make a choice. Are they going to stick around the scene of the crime while the authorities approach, or are they going to leave with the tags still in the ears of the cattle and have their location tracked? Cattle rustlers scout locations and herds before they actually commit the thefts, so if you employ this new technology, there is a good chance that they will give up on the idea before even trying just because they see the GPS ear tags on your cattle. To hear even more about these GPS-enabled ear tags, tune in to episode number 988 of the Off-Farm Income Podcast with me, Matt Breckwald, and enjoy our six weekly episodes about the FFA and small business in ag every week.